0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from The Playlist on IndieWire, Rodrigo Perez, and tonight's guest, Julie Delpy. We're Hi. squeezing. So it's a bit
1: out of context, because I, before that I explained that, that I just had a baby. That's why I'm squeezing. If you know what I mean. Kegel. Whatever. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, that's
0: it. I, I do it too.
1: You do, too. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um, so, so this is, um, when you think of all the movies that there's going to be sequels of, this is one of the most unlikeliest sequels someone would think of.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it's an indie film, Two Days in Paris, and I decided to do a sequel uh, to it, um, which is really weird. Like, I don't know. It's like, kind of like, you know, I've always liked sequels, like James Bonds and stuff. And so it's kind of like the the indie romantic comedy of the, you know, the James Bond of the indie romantic comedies, basically. (laughs) No, I just, I just felt to explore the character of Marion and her family a little further, you know, and the French American. I mean, I'm so, it's so part of my life. I kind of wanted to play with it a little more. And I felt like in Two Days in Paris, it was kind of very short. Uh, you know, exploration of that subject matter, and also about relationship. And I also wanted to make like a more grown-up Marion with a kid, and you know, with all the, the stuff of life you have to deal with and stuff. So, um, was the
0: so was part of the impetus? Obviously, you just said is is exploring the next part. But how much of it is, maybe the two sides of you, Paris and then New York?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of the reverse shot. It kind of was exciting to me to like, okay, I showed an American in Paris, fish out of water. Now it's like. You know, the American is now in his environment, but still, when the French show up, it's they still kind of like, you know, affect him in a certain way. Like, their culture and their personality kind of like, you know, the effect of family versus couple. It's like, what, you know, what happens to a couple when the family shows up, you know? It could, it could, it, it's, you know, it's French-American, but it could have been other culture. I mean, it's not necessarily French-American. It could have been any culture, but... And any kind of the family of your lo- the the person you love, you know, so that shows up, and you discover who they are, basically. But in a funny way, obviously, it's a comedy. So, how,
0: how many people have seen the film?
1: Very few. Very okay. few. It's, it's, well, it's not out, it It's
0: terrific. It plays, I think, tonight at uh, Trebekah tonight. Yeah, it it tonight. Tonight. screened last night. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrific. It's hilarious. Thank
1: you. Uh, Thank no, you.
0: honestly, I, I love this film. No, no, but and it's
1: really a comedy. I mean, it's I, I talk seriously. Like, it sounds like I'm serious and stuff, but it's actually not. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I'm explaining. Yeah, I wanted to explore more of the relationship and Mario But it's really a comedy. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, it's always weird.
0: And and you've got Chris Rock in this, and he's kind of playing the straight man.
1: Yes, even though he has his crazy funny moments. I mean, I when I decided to make a sequel, I I really wanted Chris for the part. I mean, first of all, I wanted to work with him. Um, I I I, um I, I was really, you know, I've always loved his stand up and I I I met the guy briefly before that. You know, we have friends in common and uh and i was like you know i really want him to play this kind of you know a little insecure uptight you know (laughs) i know it's weird when you meet chris rock you don't that's not the first thing you think when you think of chris rock but i just wanted him to play something very different than what he's been given all his life and what he does in his stand-up and all that and i think that's why he said yes as well it's because he really wanted to do something totally different than what he's done before but he's actually really funny in the film but straight funny you know not like more like the out, you know, outgoing funny that he usually does, you
0: know. His character without spoiling too much has to sort of deal with a lot of
1: well, he has to endure those yes, people that's like from the... being tickled by the father. I mean like everything he has to endure all this madness around him.
0: That's culturally strange and foreign to him.
1: Yeah, and especially that, I mean, what, what I think is a funny part of the film is that people really, this entire conversation where no one understands each other and it lasts forever, you know, <laughs> where actually it's totally misunderstanding after misunderstanding, like going on forever. So it was really funny to be able to, to write that, like all the, you know, it's really a farce. I mean, the film is a farce. So.
0: When did you know that you were going to do a sequel to this? Like, when you conceived of the first film, did you know I'm doing another one, or was it years later?
1: Well, I started flirting with the idea, you know, about eight months after the film came out. I started thinking, oh, you know, the film, Two Days in Paris, it kind of worked, but it showed a very, very narrow window on relationship and family. And I kind of wanted to see, okay, I want to broaden that window a little more and make it a bit more adult, because somehow, even though the characters in Two Days in Paris are in their 30s, they still have problems of people that could be in their 20s, you know? It's just about themselves and their little problems, you know? When I wanted to explore, like, okay, when you're in your mid-30s to late-30s, then you have kids and your problems are... uh, It gets a little more complicated as life goes on. And I kind of wanted to make, like, a comedy on an adult... An adult comedy, you know? Not adult as in pornographic. (laughs) But... (laughs)
0: The fears in in Paris are, are, are more like adolescent like fears. There's yes, a lot exactly. of um, about
1: like you know love and losing love. They think love. like
0: Jack's character, uh, Adam Goldberg's character in the first one. He's really concerned that he's almost paranoid throughout the film that that uh, Marion is cheating on him.
1: Well, that Marion is is like a total slut. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. When when um, when in this one, he he's it's other concerns. You know, it's not just about that. <laughs> so, so it's more adult in that sense. Of course. Yeah.
0: Um, but
1: I mean, I, I, I enjoyed doing the first film. I'm not ditching the first film to this one, but it's it's a different. I wanted to explore another level in relationships and you know family and how do you deal with staying with someone. You know, how do you stay with people? I mean, I, you know, I stay with people, but you know, it's it's like it's work. It's not something easy. You know, it's complicated. Life is complicated. I think. Sure. Isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: And relationships is extremely
0: complicated. Well, also in relationships in New York, which is, you know, it's another level, I think, because it's just, uh, it's a little bit more complicated.
1: Really? New York is complicated? I don't know. I live in L.A. and it's complicated in L.A. Maybe
0: it's complicated everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere.
1: (laughs) So... um, but it's good complicated. I mean, it's like, you know, work. You have to figure things out, and figure things out about yourself and the other person, and try to make it work. I mean, it's like, it's constantly, like, compromise, and you know.
0: When, when you were uh, writing this, did you know Chris was going to uh, play the part of Marion's new, uh,
1: new boyfriend. partner? New partner? Yeah. Well, I basically, because I was kind of set on him, like pretty much when I started writing, I basically did something pretty ballsy because people don't do that, right. really. I, I called his agent directly. You know, like, usually you have to go through the agent or the manager, your own manager, you know, blah, blah, blah. Actually, my agent didn't believe that I called his agent directly. I called his agent and I said, listen, I kind of knew him. I went on IMDb Pro. You can find out who's the agent of who. You know, I had to get the membership first. You know, you pay $19 a year or something. And basically, I looked. I <laughs> looked. And I looked at, it was his agent, and I knew that agent because I think I had been fired by him, or actually left, I don't remember, but anyway, I've been fired by so many agents that, you know, I couldn't remember which one. But anyway, we had, been, we had stayed friendly because he was actually, either he fired me in a nice way or I left in a nice way, I can't remember, but anyway, he had stay, we had stayed very friendly. So so so, uh, and actually, even people that fired me nastily, I'm kind of friendly to them. I don't I don't care so much. I mean, it's no big deal. Um, <laughs> it's life, whatever. But anyway, I, I I was friendly with them. So I called them and I say, listen, would would Chris be even remotely interested in doing um indie French film? And uh, he called me an hour later, saying that Chris had seen my work and he would be interested. You know, a part of the, the screenplay is really, really bad, then he won't do it. But you know, try to write something decent, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then he would do it because he's interested in. You know, the whole idea is interested to him, I- interesting to him. So basically, I knew he was. You know possibly interested so i i I started writing the screenplay and got friends on board to write with me and Uh, uh, with him in mind which was really fun and when i was writing people my friends always made fun of me because i would sometimes when i write i say the line before so i would actually channel my inner inner chris rock and imitate him while i was writing i mean it was. can you do that a little bit no i can't do that no not in public are you sure no 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 never it's extremely embarrassing it's like Sort of like Chris Rock, which was like a French accent. You know, it's like the weirdest thing. Anyway,
0: you you must have known that that Chris. Uh, I think he's done two movies based on French movies.
1: No, no, I knew that. So I what? knew he was not totally estranged to French cinema, and to, you know, not interested in French cinema. So I, I was not like, you know, shooting in the shooting do- in the dark in dark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. he's made. Uh, I forget. Uh, uh, never mind. He's made two two comedies based off of. Uh, Pretty French classic. Love Uh, in the Afternoon, the Romeo movie. Yeah. Thank you.
1: And then the Premier Etoile, which he hasn't made yet, but it's based on a French.
0: Um, Let's talk about your father in this film. Okay. He is, he's just a force unto himself. He's hysterical. I want to know how much is, is that just him? Like he's hilarious.
1: My dad is a fantastic actor. I've I've seen I've seen him on stage since I'm born, basically, because my parents didn't have much money so they would drag me in backstage and I was always with them, so you know, no nanny money, so you know, just like dragging the kid along. And I've seen him on stage all my life doing amazing amazing work and really crazy stuff because it was You know, he's he's an actor since the 60s, and he's worked all through the 70s and 80s. He he was doing kind of like alternative theater, crazy plays about drug addicts. He played women on stage, got naked. I mean, I've seen every, you know, so really, really crazy stuff, but really fun, intellectual, but crazy, intellectual, but crazy. And so I know what he's capable of, so it was great to be able to give him a part in a movie that was really, just exploring that side of him that he's done on stage for so many years really amazing crazy work and uh, and it was great to have him and and sometimes obviously you know we clashed a little bit because I'm his daughter and I'm telling him what to do and don't do it like this do it like this and he does he doesn't like to take orders from me so we have sometimes those kind of moments where I'm like you know I'm a I'm not very nice, and he's not very nice. But it was it was okay. Not very nice in the sense which we fight. Which
0: is kind of part of the story. If it's not clear, Julie's dad plays Julie's dad yes, in the film.
1: Yes, I, I, I cast my dad to play my dad, which was, you know, why not? <laughs> I mean, he's an actor. It's not like I cast my dad, who's like, you know, a carpenter, to act in a movie. And my dad is an actor. I mean, he's an actor before I was born, you know, so I kind of... But
0: was... the, the kind of, uh, you know, the... Not, not. I was going to say tempestuous. Not quite tempestuous, but the 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 relationship is is fractious in a way, and it seems extremely natural. Like as in, you guys are just filming the way you two would be together.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is very written the film, even though it seems like a kind of improvised. Yeah. I kind of like to create on set a feeling that no one is acting, and I like to do takes, a few takes like this, and making people. F- forget the camera. For me, it's very important that people are in a state, and that's that kind of goes for all my, the films I've done so far, and there's films that you haven't seen that probably won't come out in the U.S. that I've done in France as a director, and basically, um, I like to make people feel that it's um, effortless, you know, when you watch it, but it's actually a lot of rehearsal, a lot of like and it's finding the words that people can say, so it's like it feels like no one's acting. You know, I love this feeling that no but one's so acting. So
0: it's like not improvised, but almost feeling like it is.
1: Yeah, I like to f- make it feel. So maybe, you know, there's a word there and, and there. I'm not like, you know, if the person says, uh, good night, my dear. He says, good night, honey. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to stop the take. Obviously, words can vary a little bit. But I, 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 I kind of try to, to have the screenplay basically very tight. And then, you know, if someone ad libs one line, it's okay. But I usually like to follow because when I write the screenplay, for me, everything is built then, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the ad lib stuff, you know, sometimes an improvised scene, you can't really use any of it 90% of the time, mm-hmm. 99% of the time. So, um,
0: that approach strikes me as. Um...
1: But this moment my, my dad improvised, like when he started tickling. Well, actually, I told him, <laughs> I was like, tickle, tickle him. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't tell Chris. But I told my dad, I was like, just tickle him. Just (laughs) tickle him during the scene. So he starts. You can only understand when when you see the scene because it's really funny. It goes on forever. He's like tickling Chris There's a lot of (laughs) scenes in
0: the film with Chris and her father because he he doesn't speak fully English and Chris doesn't speak French and and there's a lot of confusion. It's fun. It's really fun. But it strikes me that that approach uh, sounds Altman-esque. Sounds Altman-esque, like Robert Altman, in in that approach. Oh, Altman-esque.
1: Oh my god, that's great. I mean, Altman is one of my hero, I mean, as a filmmaker, because I I love his films, because they're very uh, totally natural, and Mm -hmm. it feels like the actors are just you know walking by. And uh, I love that feeling. I love that work.
0: Yeah, and you have sort of like that overlapping dialogue, and a lot of just this sort of.
1: But actually, that overlapping dialogue is not real. I mean, it's all fake. I mean, it's all like mixing, basically. Because I love the mayhem, like people talking on top of each other, but it's actually, you know, obviously when you're shooting, you can't do that because you right. would not be able to edit the film. Right. So,
0: um, how much is uh, uh, Woody Allen an influence on you? Because I, I find that there's a lot of similar neuroses.
1: We have similar neuroses, <laughs> but I'm not trying to make Woody Allen films. Like no, I'm not, no, no, you no, know, not, not I mean... like, I love Woody Allen. I love his films. I love. Um, I am neurotic, for real. I mean, it's a fact. Even though I'm I'm a bit less neurotic Mm -hmm. since I'm a mother, but I am neurotic anyway. Uh, It's hard to, you know, yeah, I am neurotic. And I am am obsessed with death, you know, like he is, and obsessed with love or relationship, and maybe sex as well, (laughs) which I think he is as well. So you know, that's maybe, and diseases, like I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. And uh, and so we have that in common. So it's true that maybe our angst in the film is in the same direction. Mm. You know, the kind of anxiety, or and I am obsessed with talking about relationship, with, which he is in a in in a way. You know, he has a lot. There's a lot sure, about sure, sure, you know, and about the creative process as well. You know, like the Pygmalion idea and all that. You mm. know, I have, I'm looking for my uh, what's her name.
0: Uh Annie the, no, 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 my <laughs> annual, no, no, the <laughs> creature
1: that uh, Pygmalion turned into a woman. Oh, What's um, her name? Elijah. 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 Is that go. it? <laughs> the Greek? No, what is it? Oh God, I I can't hear people. Elijah. Oh really? The, cre- the, the the woman that you t- the statue that becomes a woman. Thank you. You see, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah thank you.
0: I can't remember. Um, there's uh, several characters from the the first film, your father, obviously, and then. Uh, s- s- supporting but thank you for
1: the Woody Allen thing. I love Woody Allen. I, I, that's what I. No, was no. Thinking. i sorry. Mean, yeah. I mean, you <laughs> know, if you know, if if even if it resem, you know, a little bit, that's a, an amazing in, compliment. In a good way. I know in a I'm good not th- this close. I mean, like I'm a million miles from him, but you know, like you know, it's.
0: Well, the, the, I mean, well, he's
1: a genius. I'm just making movies. You know what I mean. I guess I, I, like, you know, I guess what I'm hard. saying is, is mean, you're like... both
0: you're both neurotic and <laughs> in a wonderfully. Rich way that really creates this incredible sense of conflict and comedy that works incredibly well. Um, Thank you.
1: Conflict is good for comedy. Yeah. You know, it's good for drama and it's good for comedy. It's good for movies. If you have no conflict, it's kind of you know.
0: Do you take like anything? Do you, do, you, do you take from real life like your like the, I mean your father obviously but are any situations any like the key thing to me when he when he takes the key on the car yeah which I love it's like the most amazing detail um,
1: well I take from life because I, I observe a lot of what people do you know and I, I really like to observe people and I, I enjoy um, I was at lunch with friends, and they were arguing, and I was like just loving it. You know, (laughs) I'm like listening to everything that people say. You know, I just think it's very interesting to just. uh, I mean, it's true that when you write, you either inspire yourself with imagination, or, you know, which is 80% of it. But then there's a 20%. It's really nice to be able to draw from life and to actually, you know, a conversation you've heard, because nothing rings more true than something you've witnessed. You know. And so um, I always like to have like that 20% that is like the core of it is truth, and then around it you can make up things. But uh, the little core, it's it's nice to have like one or two line in a scene that are actually true to what you've heard before, because it actually makes the whole thing true suddenly. You know, just by having a little bit of truth in it, and it's always very, it's it's it, I like working that way. You know,
0: so. Um. I, I guess in an in, in a, a, a offshoot of that, uh, when you're observing people, and this is a broad question, but um, what makes you laugh? What what do you find funny? Uh,
1: you know, it goes from um, outrageous things to little things. I mean, it really can go, you know, very far to very sad things can make me laugh because I'm like, oh my God, that's so horrible. You know, like I was observing a, a couple and you know, and, and the man was ditching the woman and, and and I was imagining like how much she devoted her life to him and how cold he was. And at the same time, it was bad, but it remind, it's it's funny, it's sad and funny. You know, like, it's not necessarily, you know, funny things that are funny. It's actually dramatic things. When people are heartbroken, when people are suffering, I mean, it's really awful to say that, but really <laughs> funny things are everywhere. If you know how to, turn it funny i mean you know uh, i think some of you know the funny moments in life is when you're you're devastated about something that is not necessarily that bad you know what i mean but like you know it's always funny to see in movie people are heartbroken i mean i think i mean i'm sorry. <laughs> because it's not they're not dying they're not you know they're suffering tremendously but in the moment, they're suffering. But if you look back, like, I think of myself of, like, being heartbroken, dumped by a guy or whatever, and I was, like, ready to kill myself. And I mean, I'm laughing even now. Like, <laughs> and now, like, 10 years later, I think of the guy, I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, it's like... <laughs> and I just, like, I'm like, you know, And then, and then I laugh about it, you know? But obviously, when you're in the moment, it's horribly painful. But then, you know, if you have the distance on it, and I think... Humor—that's what humor makes. Actually, you—I mean, to me, it's the way m- my life unfolds. Because I have to say that now I'm able to have the humor pretty quickly on the situation, and actually, I kind of remote myself, which is actually maybe some, some writer dysfunctional behavior. But like, I re- I remove myself from from the feeling of pain or whatever, and it becomes kind of funny right away. I mean, like, obviously not on really bad serious stuff, but on. <laughs> you know on stuff that is not life and death kind of thing you know so
0: um, we're going to take some questions in a minute but i wanted to ask about some of the the side characters like Manu who is hysterical i don't know where he comes from but or where he found him but
1: he's not an actor he's a friend okay that i've always found very funny and i decided to put him in the first film and and to put put him even more in the second film and we actually worked on the story together on the mm-hmm. film so and then i co-wrote with Alexia who plays my sister who's also very funny i mean I just like using also people that are not necessarily actors as in actors that have trained and da 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 because he was actually you know so, some people you can sense that you're going to put them in front of a camera and they're going to be good you know like I feel like acting is not it's not some rocket science you know what i mean like i see my son and he's acting like all the time like he's 3 years old he looks at himself in the mirror and he, he takes expressions in his face like how to how to be like looking sad so i would Buy him new toys, you know, or something like that. <laughs> but he's totally studying. He's totally studying himself of how to like have facial expression that will look cute. Also, when he meets a, meets a pretty girl, he's three. I'm just telling. you know, and and I'm just thinking, acting is part of human survival. Basically, you have to act when you audition for a job, any job. You have to pretend you're self secure if you're not. You have to. Acting is part of life, you know. And I think first date. Huh? A
0: first date? First
1: date. I mean, no. To fl- flirting is, is acting, you know? Um, so it's part of life. So I don't think, you know, you need necessarily to be an actor. But some people are better than others, obviously, you know? Not everybody's an actor, you know?
0: Um, and, and just quickly, um, there's, if you're paying attention to the, this film and the last film, you'll see, and I don't mean this cameo, there's a, there's a cameo in the film that you need to look for because it's hysterical, but there's a smaller one at the beginning. And he's in both films.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> Brühl. Yeah, I always use Daniel. <coughs> he's a German actor, and he's a really nice guy. And uh, he agreed to be in the first film. And, he's got uh, tiny
0: parts in Tiny parts both, in both but films.
1: But I just like having him. He's like my mascot. <laughs> he <was coughs> I, I ended up using him in a bigger part in The Countess, which right. is a film that yep. is only on, online. Free downloads, no, yeah, like free actually on Netflix. Um, So basically, uh, yeah, yeah, I love him. He's great, he's really funny. And he always does the part like really well. He's really like 100% in it, like even in that tiny little bit in this one, so. Yeah,
0: you have to look for him in this. Uh, So let's take some questions. Um, How about this gentleman right here in the blue shirt? He's got a mic for him? Sure. (laughs) Hi.
1: Hi. Sorry, sorry, I was looking at all the people. I didn't realize, every minute I realized there's more people. How are you? I'm fine, how are you? Good, Great. thanks. I'm wondering what challenges you might have faced directing yourself
0: as an actor in the film.
1: It's a challenge. It's, it's not easy to, um, to go back and forth, because basically you have to jump from one thing to the other. I'm not the first person that does it. Many, many directors have done it. Then the next question is like yeah but you're a woman not many women have done it but like i don't like to compare myself to women or men i mean i just consider myself an individual so it doesn't matter so many many directors have done it you know actors directors kind of thing so it's possible it's even easier now that there's like you can play back uh what you've just done so you know when you feel you have a good take i just watch it and stuff so it's a challenge it's time consuming it's a little bit more stress you know um but it's actually possible if you have a good team around you and everything, um, it's, it's, it's possible. It's just a little more stress, which I kind of like. Like I like the challenge, it's, uh, but it's hard. It's hard to judge yourself. And I feel like, luckily, I've been an actress for many, many, many years. And when I do a scene, I kind of know before the director even tells me if I did a good job, sort of, or not. So it helps me to to direct myself because... Uh, but there's many takes in the film, when we were watching the dailies with the editor, where I'm basically not acting and I'm directing the actors in the scene as I am acting. So you can tell, so I had to edit around those moments where I'm kind of blank and just looking at the other actors, you know, kind of like, you know, and not being in my character at all. Like it happens a lot. Like out of like 10 takes, for example, usually I don't do 10, but like eight takes or whatever, I usually have like you know eight, like uh, six and a half that I'm like not acting. I'm just directing people in the scene so. I don't know.
0: Um, okay,
1: great. Hi, hi. I have regards for you from Robert Levy, Aurelie's father. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm a friend. Uh, I just want to tell you you may not think that it's important that you're a woman and you know you may treat it as a regular job, but let me tell you for a person like me who's who's uh, a producer of an independent film, you represent somebody who who has brought wonderful work to the screen, and I'm so Thank pleased you. about it. I wanted to know, do you consider taking a role in an American independent film that you haven't written but that's good for you as a as a um, as an actress, as well as possible co-producer. Well, is that an offer? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it is. It is. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I don't take offers right now. How, on do, you, the spot, how but do you?
0: I think. <laughs> I think maybe the question is, do you? Would
1: I work on other films, on other people's films? Yeah, and actually, this year, this particular year, I'm not actually going to be directing this year. I'm probably going to be writing and acting. But I'm not going to be directing, because I directed two films in a row, one film called The Skylab and Two Days in New York, back to back. Skylab will probably never come out here, but it's, it's a film I actually like, uh, that I've done probably one of my, l- the film I like the most of what I've done so far. So, but it's very French and, you know, not French like Chanel French, you know. <laughs> the, 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 the down and dirty French. Uh, the, the white trash version of French. And, um, and Americans distributor are scared of that. They're like, no, 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 we want to show Chanel. <laughs> French people are so cute. <laughs> Maybe one day it'll get distribution, but we'll see. But anyway, basically I've been directing back to back. I had a baby in the midst of all of that. And uh, that was a lot of work. So I kind of want to just, you know, be acting. And you know, just acting is kind of, you know, it's kind of a holiday for me. Like that's my idea of a holiday. It's like just acting in a movie. You know, if it's not too hard and I don't have to get naked and have sex <laughs> with people, but, you know, <laughs> do some crazy stuff like Las Ventria style. You know, if I don't have to do that, then it's easy. <laughs> so i go to IMDb and I'll get your... IMDb Pro, and That's you can right. find and my. right, 19 contact. something a,
0: a year. <laughs> don't forget to, to subscribe for that. Uh, who else do we got? Okay, over there. Hi, Julie.
1: Hi, how are you? I'm a
0: huge fan. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank um, you. Two quick questions. How much rehearsal do you do for your films? And also, will there be a sequel to Before Sunset? (laughs)
1: Rehearsals. So, um, rehearsals, you know, I always try to schedule rehearsals before the shoot and I never succeed in doing it. Because actors always tell me, oh, it's great, we're gonna do rehearsal. And then they show up for one reading and that's it. Because people are always busy, they have families, they have life. It's always very difficult. So I usually end up being able to squeeze in one reading, which gives me an idea on what I need to work on more and things like that, which is good. It's good to have one reading. And usually I don't rehearse that much. Uh, I usually end up rehearsing on the set. But since I'm shooting with HD, I usually shoot the rehearsal as well. I kind of like to have as much material as possible. I like to have you know many hours of film so I can really work then on, in the editing room really make it you know like have as much choice as possible to me that's important so i ju- usually film rehearsal because i shoot in hd so it's it doesn't cost anything so uh because sometimes you can have moments when per- the person does the take for the first time without really knowing what he's doing where you have like glimpses that are really interesting so i always kind of use that too uh, but I never have a chance. You know, it's it's a luxury to do a lot of rehearsal. You need to have everyone in the same room. And then I'm not always sure it's, it's super good. Like, I like when people are caught off guard or just doing the thing without thinking too much. Sometimes acting and thinking too much is not necessarily good. Like, <laughs> that's why some of really great actors are not the greatest uh, intellectuals. <laughs> but... <laughs> No, not to say actors are dumb. I'm not saying that, okay? Because I come from a family of actors, and, you know, I'm an actress originally, and I consider myself extremely intellectual. No, but... um, no, but what I'm saying is that they're not necessarily the most analytical people, you know, and they have an intelligence, but that's not necessarily intellectual intelligence. They have an amazing instinct intelligence. But I've met many amazing actors who are not the, you know, they're not like uh, rocket sci- scientists. I mean, but that's okay. I mean, that's not what they're supposed to be. They have great instincts, you know. I mean, I love actors, so don't get me wrong. I love actors. I'm that's very... what the
0: director's for. Huh? I said, that's what the director's for.
1: Yeah, we're the rocket science, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I think sometimes it's better for people not to overanalyze things. I find, not every film, but some film, you know.
0: There's a second part to his question. I'll, ne-
1: I'll never have an actor in my film again. I'll, I'm going to have to hire, like, you
0: know. There was a, there was a second part to his question that I, because I'm curious oh, as Oh, well. Before
1: Sunset, Sunrise. Yeah. I, I try to, you know.
0: I know. Um, I saw that.
1: I don't know yet. I mean, we are talking about it. We might do it. We think we're going to do it, and maybe we won't. So, I don't know. We'll see. And I hope it's going to be good. I mean, I'm more worried about... It's not a question of doing it. Like, I really want the film... It has to be a good third. You know, it can't be a letdown. I'm, you know, it's very stressful, because we've done two films that people like, and now how do you do a third one that people like, you know?
0: We have time for two more questions. Here you go. Uh, hi. Hello, hi. It's a, a ridiculous thrill. I think, like it is, for a lot of people in the room. Um, what? It's a ridiculous <laughs> thrill to. to, to oh, be okay, here, okay. To, to see you.
1: I thought you said you're a ridiculous girl. I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> in this
0: room. <laughs> 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 well, that would have been a better <laughs> ad. That's <laughs> how paranoid but,
1: I am. Like it's like. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the question I wanted to ask you. You said this relationship between act being an actor and being a director. But I wonder, as someone who was involved in so many films early in your career as an actress that had such an impact on people, whether that is a burden when you're a director. Like, do you wonder, like, you know, you were in films with Kieslowski... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like comparing myself to those great directors and stuff. Is that really
0: hard sometimes?
1: You know, I don't compare myself at all to, to them. Kieslowski is a fantastic director, but he has a depth and... Something his approach to life is very different for me, and actually, I spent a lot of time with Christoph after we did White to talk about directing and writing because he was actually very supportive of me becoming a director because I wanted to be a director for a long time. And so, um, but what we talked about is to actually be true to who you are. And you know, I always say, you know, David Lynch makes David Lynch movie because when you meet David Lynch, you know why he's making David Lynch movie, and, and that's a perfect example, you know. He, Woody Allen is making Woody Allen movies. Casavettes made Casavettes movies for a good reason. It's because, and I think people that are, to me, what's important is to find who you are, you know, find what you want to say, and follow that, you know. And uh, obviously, I'm never going to be Kieslowski. I'm not even trying to be Kieslowski. I wouldn't even dare to try to do his his films, and you know, then I don't feel. You know, I don't feel um, uh, embarrassed to do my comedies because it's me, it's my world. And, you know, and in a way, that's it. You know, I'm not trying to be anything bigger than I am. And and, and and when you're in tune with who you are, I think it's okay, you know. Obviously, I worked with great directors, but I don't even try to compare myself to them. So we're in a different world, you know. So it's fine, you know, I think, you know. I don't know if that answered it. Hi, Julie. Hi. I would like to know how hard, how difficult do you find to be a French woman uh, film director and actress in Hollywood? Or maybe you find it's easy or an an advantage? Nothing's easy uh, in Hollywood. (laughs) Nothing's easy in being a woman director. But I would say, actually, that I'm not really a woman director in Hollywood because none of my film have been financed through Hollywood funds, Hollywood money. Basically, all my films are European financing. And actually, for example, in France, it's quite, uh, it wasn't the case 10 years ago when I tried to make my first films, or 15 years ago. Like, I couldn't get financing anywhere. But now it's kind of more okay for for French women to direct movies. And actually, probably one of the best places if you're a woman director to go to is France, because right now it's much easier to get as a woman a woman uh, film finance. I think Hollywood is it's still gover- governed by a male world. You know, I don't know, there was like a survey recently about the Academy Award. It's all men, basically white men over 60. So that's it, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's basically the, the thing. And you know, it's funny because I applied to be part of the Academy and they refused me saying that I, I wasn't a legitimate actress or director and I had worked with non, um, um, the actor, it's oh, funny yeah. because actually Non-seg. the- It's not a SAG or anything. It's actually not a relevant... I had worked with non-relevant director for the Academy. And and what was really funny is that the same year, Jet Li went in. And I was like, what director relevant did he work with that I didn't work with? I was like, I don't understand. (laughs) Which I thought was very funny. But I think that's the way it is. You know, I think the business in Hollywood is very male, white, male-oriented. So, you know female director is not yet the in, you know, it's not yet, you know, I, I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard in Hollywood. And I know because I have meetings and, and I can see that they're like worried about, you know, will I be able to make a funny movie? Will I be able to do this? Will I be able to comply? Will I be able to do a camera movement? Will I be, would I, do I know what a dolly is? You know, like like they're asking me the weirdest question. I'm like, What's a crane? I'm like, okay. Like I feel like I'm on like jeopardy or something. Like, I'm, like they, they're asking me questions about like the, the weirdest thing, and I'm like, okay. Well then, I guess you don't want to work with me. I mean, you're like doubting like basic, you know, directing skill, you know, which I find very funny. But it, it might change. It's changing. The world's changing. It's just very slow, you know, because Hollywood is governed by white males over sixty, you know. <laughs> Nothing against white male over 60. I don't know if there's anyone there. You know, I have nothing against you. But, you know, it would be good if we could have a bit of more of, like, you know, other things. You know, The other people.
0: Um, I think we need to, to wrap it up. I'm going to ask one quick thing. We've seen two days in Paris, two days in New York. Are we going to see two days in Belgium or... Uh, at Los Angeles? Uh... I don't
1: think so. Especially not in Belgium. Two days at the Pin Quotidien. That would be kind of boring. <laughs> no, I actually love Belgium. I actually did all my post-production in Belgium. So I'm not rushing the Belgium. You know. But uh, the Belge. But, uh, and actually they're great in post-production because they actually don't have some crazy attitude like the French. Um, but um, but uh, what was I gonna say? No, maybe two days... No, I'm not gonna do another one. I'm writing a bunch of stuff, but it has nothing to do with two days anywhere. I think I'm done with Marion's relationship. She's pretty much set with Mingus. I think they, they, you know they're gonna be happy ever after. I believe in that. Not
0: really, but you know. <laughs> hoping. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you.